now. Okay. Welcome back, Poison Pals, to another episode of That Shit is Poison. Your, I was going to say your favorite, but you know what? I'm not going to lie. It's probably your top, like, 20 podcasts that you're listening to, if that. <laughs> exactly in the 20th place. <laughs> yeah, exactly on, in the 20th place. On the place. cusp of not even being in the top 20. <laughs> yeah, like, they couldn't think of any other podcast to put on there. So they're like, yeah, might as well. What is this shit? It's called That Shit is Poison. All right, go ahead. Yeah. With your Only in my other... top 20 because the title makes me laugh. A content yeah. I could care less about. <laughs> exactly. And mm. the the host of that top 20 pod is Harini Bot. And myself, Megan Gesner. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Megan, I was going to text you this, but I was like, I'm just going to save it for the pod. <laughs> but did you leave your Kahlua at my house when we were making the Spanish fly cocktail? Mm. I am not sure I could check my cabinet right now. I don't no, know no, why. Why do you I'm ask? I'm not going to. No, because the reason I ask is, so I just had dinner and mm-hmm. we were sitting down. We we're mm-hmm. watching some show that's akin to the Great British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. If you guys are interested, I can tell you about it. But we were sitting down watching this cooking show and my dad has like some a little bit of something in his glass after his dinner and i'm like what mm. is like i i didn't mean to put him on the spot i was like what is that mm-hmm. right cuz it kind of looked like wine let me preface this my parents don't really drink so he kind of looks like he got caught in the middle of doing something he's not supposed to and he was <laughs> like oh like this is the this is like um something you put in cakes it's it's a uh, sweet rum <laughs> Yay. I was like, you mean Kahlua? Earlier that day, I saw the Kahlua. We have a little corner in our kitchen that is like all the alcohol that we just look at and never touch because we're not supposed to be actually drinking alcohol in the house for my mom. (laughs) But I noticed that the Kahlua was there and I was like, wait, none of us bought Kahlua. And then I'm like, oh my God, I think maybe Megan had left the Kahlua from when she was here making the Spanish flight cocktail. And then Uh. my dad like decided to open it up and drink (laughs) some. No, well, that's awesome. Well, if I if I did leave it, it's all his. I'm happy to <laughs> let Papa Vot have it. But I think that's really cute. Like, um, I I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure he's had Kahlua in his life before. But I also yeah. have this like th- this fantasy in my head of like he's like you know rummaging through the fridge freshly after rummaging. I had rum- rummaging you know <laughs> freshly after I had brought all the stuff to your house. He's rummaging through the fridge and he's like, huh what's this he comes upon the clue of bottle and he like gives it a smell gives a little taste and he's like oh this is good and i can just see him being like knowingly like oh this is alcoholic but it tastes good so he's like <laughs> siphoning it off slowly like trying slowly, not, not slowly. to get caught exactly. yeah exactly like, uh it's just it's just like um syrup <laughs> you know? yeah literally he's like this is syrup for cakes i'm like no it's not it's alcohol <laughs> <laughs> that's all i had to say because i was like i'm pretty sure she she slept all of that that mismatch of alcohol back with her to her apartment (laughs) i did but yeah i'll have to let you know i'll check my cabinet after we record (laughs) Mm -hmm, absolutely one thing that no i'm not even gonna share that story because it's just not worth the dead air (laughs) okay sounds good (laughs) is there something that you want to talk about that is related to your story Oh man, this is not me teeing you up. I have no idea. No, what no, I, I, I feel you. I know. Usually we like riff a little bit, and then it somehow miraculously connects to the main story. Really, not. There's nothing that's connected. I mean, the, the I will tell you the reason why I chose this story is because I was intentionally looking up stories around 
weddings and poisonings. Oh my god, somebody's wedding is coming up. <laughs> it's so beautifully morbid of you to be thinking of us in that way. <laughs> I love yeah, it. But I, but I would say like this maybe doesn't fully count as like a wedding in a way that we see weddings as supposed to be like a consensual ceremony between people oh, who god and all that so so yeah so maybe this this hopefully this doesn't resonate with you at, on any <laughs> level but hopefully the tie-in not. the tie-in was like weddings and poisons so yeah okay very cool mm-hmm. okay that is an interesting topic for sure i can think of many like a true crime story where people have just gotten married and then someone miraculously dies off or not miraculously mm-hmm. suspiciously yes, but on that yes. note at work we had to mm-hmm. just sign up for life insurance and i had such a weird feeling about signing up for it in front of dave I was oh like, really oh my god yeah because it was like i don't know how much it was it was like money and then it asks mm-hmm. you like how much do you want to allocate to your spouse and it's weird because they ask you how much percentage do you want to allocate to your spouse but then they write in small title underneath it saying like you have to give 100 percent." i was like okay why are you asking me <laughs> that's interesting yeah I wonder what they're the... like we suggest a 100 percent amount i'm like well yeah, suggest because... is different than mandate yeah i think I, I don't think that my page would have submitted if i had put a number less than 100 let's put it that way <laughs> uh interesting yeah huh. okay so. i don't know anything about these things so i'll have to look up the legalese behind it later I mean, I guess it makes sense because if I die, you know, knock on wood, that I have this life insurance policy. It's not like if I give 50% to Dave, it's not like I get the other 50%. Right. I'm gone. I think I think maybe because I I would imagine the other options are like if you have offspring, like do they get Mm. part of that chunk or in some instances of like when a child outlives their parent, you could technically give some of your life insurance to your parents, I think. But again, knock on wood, this is very morbid stuff. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable talking about it. (laughs) Wait, I didn't even think about it that way. But you know what? You're right. I think the reason why I could only give 100 percent is because I didn't have any other listed dependents. It was just Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to weddings and poison. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's go back to the stuff we care about. Okay, Megan, are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, Mm. let's do this. Let's talk about the holy matrimony that is poison. It is time for you to pick your poison. Are you fanning yourself because it's hot as balls? No, I'm doing the symbol for hype, hype, hype. Oh, (laughs) wow. I could not have more misread that entire scenario. Megan was like moving her hand up and down. And I was like, girl, I'm hot too over here. Believe me. (laughs) Boys and pals, it wasn't like I was taking my hand and waving my hand towards my face. Like, oh, I'm hot. I was doing like the raise the roof, like hands up in the air motion but just very fast (laughs) i'm so embarrassed for myself but anyways yes raise the roof because it's about to be a fire story okay Okay. megan take it away (laughs) here we go so today i am going to talk about the 2017 malawada poisoning which took place in malawada pakistan Oh, um, and this story, we'll talk about arranged slash forced marriages. But I do want to mm. make clear that, in my opinion, and I don't know, Harini, like we've had conversations about this. I do believe that there are arranged marriages that are totally consensual and healthy. And oh yeah, um, like I have friends in the states who are mm. 
Indian who have had arranged marriages. And like the definition of that might be a little bit more loose because it's like they're arranged on dates by their families, by like people yeah. that they kind of know. And then they see how it goes. And then like if they like each other, they like each other and, and continue. So there is still mm-hmm. that term arranged there. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people connect the idea with of arranged marriages to like forced non-consensual Correct. marriages. So in this story of this Malawada poisoning, we will be talking about the forced type of marriage um, okay. that is pretty common in especially rural parts of Pakistan. So to start off, my sources are the Washington Post, New York Times, BBC, Associated Press, NPR, The Peak, BJ Psych Open, which is age, which is an accredited journal. I think BJ might stand for biology journal or something like that i couldn't figure it out but it's called bj psych open um (laughs) justice project pakistan sky news and az central yeah Um, wow i'm actually really surprised by how many big u.s mm -hmm. um news outlets have reported on this usually they don't like pick up on things i mean i don't know i'm assuming this is like a smaller i thought this is gonna be like a local story but this Mm. seems to have picked up a lot of press yeah um it's it's one of those stories that's picked up a lot of press, but all of the articles about it are short. It's like it's mm. little, you know. They, they there wasn't too much research that went into it, um, and it would have in all of those sources, it was rare to find anything that was super novel that like truly added to the story. It was right. mostly repeat material. That being said, as I start to talk about it, you there's a chance that you might um, remember this actually being the news or Poison Pals, you might remember this being in the news. It was one of those things where I came across this and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I've never heard of this. So I'm going to do I'm going to research it and do a story on it. But as I kept reading it, I was like, I feel like maybe I saw this go across my phone's like news ticker yeah. at some point or something, you know? Yeah, I agree. So I will get into the story. And just as a forewarning, the poison of choice will not be revealed until the end. So oh. just hang in there and um, enjoy the sound of my <laughs> lovely voice. <laughs> All right. Every day. Here we All go. Right. Here we go. This story begins with a young woman by the name of Asya Bibi. She's a Pakistani woman from the eastern Punjab province. And at just 20 years old, In 2017, her parents subjected her to a forced marriage to her cousin. Her cousin, a man by the name of Amjad Hussein, who was 23, had actually proposed to Asya three times. The first two times, she rejected him. And upon the third time is when her parents intervened and accepted the proposal on Asya's behalf. Okay? In Pakistan, particularly in rural areas, as I stated before, it's Mm -hmm. not uncommon for young women to be put into arranged marriages without their consent, um, even to family members. In many ways, arranged marriage is a source of comfort for most parents as they feel that the existing close ties between families will actually strengthen the new relationship. So... Asya and Amjad's families, they lived on the same street in Malawat, which is a remote village in Muzaffarga, and had, and obviously had like neighborly familiarity with each other for a long yeah. time, plus their, their relatives. Mm-hmm. From her parents' viewpoint, they probably saw a marriage between the two as more logistically convenient with, with hopes that the emotional aspect of the marriage would develop over time with right. support from each side <clears throat> of the family. Mm-hmm. However, Asya would have none of that. Oh, girl, <laughs> I have none of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, from the beginning, obviously she had rejected her cousin already like 
two times in a row and As I think actually <laughs> right and actually rejected him the third time too but her parents like negated that oh, um she was pretty um she was pretty clear with her family she's like I don't want to marry this person she begs and pleaded mm-hmm. with them to cancel the arrangement in a quote obtained by the Associated Press Asya says I repeatedly asked my parents not to marry me against my will as my religion, Islam, also allows me to choose the man of my choice for marriage. But my Mm -hmm. parents rejected all of my pleas. She had warned them she was willing to do anything to get out of the marriage. But they refused. Yeah. They refused to permit a divorce. So that's, yeah, that's the setup, y'all. Dude, never cross a woman. I am telling you right now, just don't do it. My God. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. Okay, do we go know if he is a first cousin? I do not know. I do oh not know. God. This they is they decided where, to keep it vague, <laughs> right? This is where there's a lapse in information, mm, there, and there's sure. actually quite a bit of little areas of like inconsistencies. But I also mm-hmm. think that has to do with like reading from every of the news sources I pulled from. <clears throat> I felt like in every news source there were multiple different police investigators that will eventually mm-hmm. come to play. Mm-hmm. that were like totally different names like there was never one oh. consistent name related to the police so like you know how like in some of our previous stories we'll be like oh this was the head detective on this one case mm-hmm. and you'll go to different news articles about that case and they'll use the same head yeah. detective's name yeah this is not the case in this story i feel like many different police were interviewed and involved and i do think it is might potentially be a statement on pakistan's government slash police uh, Mm -hmm. system is Mm -hmm. a little bit interesting and maybe a little bit loose and fast with the rules (laughs) Uh, for their benefit. So, so I think that's, that's why it was kind of weird to going back to your question about like, is it a first cousin? Mm -hmm. I don't know because even that was like, that information would have been obtained by the detectives on the case. But there are so many different people who were interviewed and working that it was hard to figure that out. Dang. And I yeah. just, I have to keep yeah. reminding myself that this is in 2017. Yeah, this is in 2017. So this is a hefty four years ago. Yeah, uh, but that's not, that's not even that long ago. I mean, I do understand that there's still arranged marriages happening, but I, mm-hmm. and I guess maybe like you said, it is a more rural village, but still I, I'm surprised that arranged marriages with cousin, like family members are still happening mm-hmm. so recently. I did actually look a little bit into it because I wanted to see how it, the statistics compared to today, like 2021. Mm-hmm. And most, it wasn't really like, I didn't even actually really look up specifically arranged marriages. I looked up like violence against women mm-hmm. in Pakistan because from the articles I read at the time, and I trust these sources, like I always want to be like, okay, objectively, we might be looking at this from a westernized point of view. But like, there's a quote, here's a... Here's a quote from NPR reporter Dia Hadid, who reports from Islamabad. I'm just Mm going to read it. Uh, So this is this is from 2017, though. Dia goes, in Pakistan, marriages arranged by families with minimal input by the bride and groom is common, although that is changing in urban areas. But in particularly traditional families, daughters are expected to comply entirely with their parents' wishes. In those families and communities, girls can be promised to relatives or wealthier men when they are quite young. Divorce is seen as a deep shame, which must be avoided at all costs, even Mm -hmm. if a woman stays Mm -hmm. in a violent or unhappy marriage. In such families, girls are also seen as a burden because her family must provide for most, if not all, wedding expenses, pushing many into debt. 
that makes it even mm-hmm. harder for families to support a daughter who seeks to divorce. So that kind of gives you a little bit of insight of the culture, at least at the time, which a lot of things can change in four years. But from what I recall, when I was looking at the 2021 statistics, it's still a little slow moving. Like they, they were okay. like, there's improvements, but rural areas still struggle. And like, I do know that Pakistan was listed by the human rights. Oh, what is that? <laughs> the big humans, the globe, like global oh, human yeah. rights organization that it's yeah, yeah. Um, one of the most dangerous places for a woman to, to exist in general. Um, and I'm not trying to like, cause I, I grew up actually around quite a few Pakistani people in the Sacramento area. And so I want to be very mindful that I'm like, I know what it feels like to come from a country where there might be like, um, biased viewpoints mm-hmm. towards your country. And you might be like, well, that's not really true. It's only rural areas. So I just want to be like fair about that comment. But at, sure. from, from like these human rights orgs perspectives, mm-hmm. that is th- what they're saying. It's like Pakistan and yeah. Afghanistan, rural parts of those countries are quite dangerous. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for and women. I, I mean, obviously I can only speak to what I know, but I remember my parents used to tell me like when they were growing up in India and their parents and when they were growing up and like trying to find a partner in life and things like that, no one in my family and like down the family line had to ever mm-hmm. experience anything like this, but they would bear witness to other families or family friends who experienced like these horrible arranged marriage proposals. Just like the women have to parade around the men's family. Like my dad was saying it was a woman who was trying to get married, I guess, was going to the guy's house and they made her walk in a straight line a bunch mm. of times just to make sure that she there was nothing wrong with her body in terms of like she could, she doesn't right. have like a limp or anything. And they made her sing so they know that she's not like she can't speak or whatever making sure everything was like working quote unquote right which is just so humiliating and horrible but yeah i mean i don't believe as far as i know that that exists anymore in india hopefully not Mm -hmm. Um, maybe in those more rural areas like you mentioned megan and some of these countries but yeah and yeah totally and again it is like as this um dia hadid had said it's like it's also tied to like heavily traditionalist values and so those are going to be in areas that are have less access to urbanization and things like that where you have a little bit more exposure to the world and i think what's scary because again the story i'm about to tell took place in 2017 what's scary is that urbanization and globalization will eventually reach these rural spots and then that's what creates conflict and that's what i think actually inflames violence further because Mm -hmm. women rightfully begin to feel empowered because they're like wait this is how other people might be living and honestly like to give a women's rights group in pakistan credit they've probably been fighting for this for years but Mm -hmm. they now know that you know, the world has eyes on them in some respects. So they become emboldened, but then that creates a very harsh reaction from the traditionalist people Mm -hmm. who want to maintain that women don't have those rights or what have you. So, but yeah, it's all around, I would say, unfortunate. And I say, I would say, because again, I try to be mindful of my Western perspective, but I do think like, it is unfortunate like mm-hmm. regardless of western or eastern perspectives it's correct sad just like a basic happening. human yeah. human right i think exactly. perspective yeah. yeah so going back to asia's story so as i said she she pretty much pleaded with her family they were like no and so in september of 2017 she is married to her cousin amjad at mm-hmm. the time of the marriage 
Asya is actually in a relationship with her boyfriend uh, oh, secretly. No. Yeah. And she oh, is God. in love with her boyfriend whose name is Shahid Lashari. And oh, no. a month into her marriage to Amjad, Shahid and Asya like immediately begin devising ways to sabotage oh, the union. Yes. Um, <laughs> so as one of the first plots that they come up with, first and only plots, uh, oh, Shahid gifts Asya with a, quote, poisonous substance and is like, hey, well, this is kind of like this is where there's uncertainty in reporting. But they, mm. some people say he instructs her to do this. But also, I think it's like they both agree to do this. He I'm gives sure. her this poisonous substance and is like, hey, put this in Amjad's milk or like somehow give it to Amjad. And so it's agreed upon that they're going to she is going to poison and hopefully murder <laughs> Um, John. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> so, right? Because so, you know, like I said, poison does not necessarily mean death, right? Like, po- yeah, being true. poisoned does not mean you died. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, oh my god, yeah. fortune only favors the bold, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So Asya takes this poisonous substance, and she goes home to Amjad and. I don't know if I'm using this term correctly in the sense, but ironically, before any of this happens, like a day before they plot this out, Asya legit, she runs home one last time and pleads with her parents, like, mm. please, I don't want to live with Amjad anymore. Like, please, please, please. I will do, this is when, when she says the whole, I will do anything yeah. to not yeah. be with him anymore. And they, they literally, like, they scold her and they're like, go back to your husband. And then that's when she and Shahid are like, okay, we got to, we got to figure this out. We got to put this into our own hands. And mind you, from what I learned in this story and how people reacted to the story, a lot of people were like, well, couldn't she have just left? Like, couldn't she have just run away? Mind you, mm-hmm. w- based on what Harini and I just talked about, women who try to escape arranged marriages are often met with violence from yeah. their own families. And so it would be uh, just as much of a risk for her to try to flee with Shahid versus... Mm-hmm trying to poison oh, yeah. her husband oh and also like to attempt divorce as the mm-hmm. npr quote said it's like it's shameful that could also be met with violence towards her so yeah, yeah. agreed and she, this girl is in hot hot water double mm-hmm. jeopardy moment because not only is she trying to leave this marriage but she also has a boo thing waiting for her mm-hmm. in the ferns that no one knows about <laughs> So (laughs) this is not going to go down well for her in the bushes. He's Homer Simpsoning every time. Like he's waiting. Like, is it time yet? No. (laughs) Goes back in. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm done derailing. Go ahead. Going back. So, so at the part where, yeah, Shahid gifts Asya this poisonous substance and they agree to like, let's poison Amjad. So Asya takes the poison. She goes home. Home okay. to Amjad, who she shares a house with Amjad and his parents. So, and yeah. I feel like that's pretty common. So she goes home, takes the poison and mixes it into a, a milk carton and evil. offers it <laughs> yeah. milk. Your favorite thing? <laughs> How would you know, Haridi? How would I you wouldn't. know? Oh, because I would know that I know the exact <laughs> consistency of my lactose-free milk. So she mixes it into a milk carton and she offers it to Amjad. But he refuses to drink it. And it's not like he knows anything. He's just like, I'm not thirsty for milk tonight. Like, I don't need my midnight milk. Um, (laughs) Then 
this is where it's like, okay, how did this all go sideways? So he refuses to drink it. And it's timelines a little uncertain. It's either within the hours of this offering or days of this offering. It must be like okay, a that's a big difference. It's a, when I say days, I mean like one to two, one oh, to two okay. like 48 okay. hours, right? Sure. Hours to 48 hours that follow this little incident. The poisoned milk somehow ends up in the hands of Amjad's mom, Asya's mother-in-law, who uses the milk to make lassi and butter for a <laughs> family gathering oh. that they're going to have. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lord. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, girl, why did you put in the whole ass cart and just give it to him in a glass? Dude, I don't know. Part I of don't me wonders, like, psychologically, she's so fucking desperate, which I get, like, valid. Yeah. That she's like... I could kill at least everyone at this house and have no. That's what I'm it. thinking. You know, was she just trying to kill everybody in one go, one sweep? We don't yeah. know. We don't know. But I do think that I'm like, why wasn't it just a glass? Why was it the yeah. whole cart? And like, you know, you live with two other people. Do you resent them that you also want to poison them? But it seems like so far in, in her, in her actual statements after all of this stuff, that her intent was just to target her husband. Okay. No, I'm just like, <laughs> after she puts all that poison in that cart and then her husband says no, I can only imagine the look on her face and then the thought process where she goes back to the fridge and is like, okay, I'm just going to put this poison this... milk back into the fridge for yes. anybody to use freely. I had the same visual in my head. I was like, it's very unclear. Clearly, she just put it back in some way. <laughs> she didn't decide to like... Uh, fuck, like, uh, right like i'm i should dispose the evidence i'll just get more milk later like it didn't work yeah. out this time let me be smart like i'm just like mm -hmm. is, it, is she in such a state of desperation that she's like okay he didn't drink it tonight but maybe mm -hmm. if i just leave it in the fridge there's a chance he'll drink it you know what i mean like right i think so she's just desperate not thinking clearly she's desperate yeah but yeah. If, if we were smart like us <laughs> i know we would throw it out and just try Ooh. again later <laughs> <laughs> yep, we can always procure more poison. It's no problem. Right, right. Okay, so so this milk carton gets in the hands of Amjad's mom, who makes it into lassi and um, butter, and they have this family gathering. Everyone who attends, this is 27 members <laughs> of Asya's extended family, drink the tainted lassi, Dude. and all of them, at different points in time, lose consciousness and are hospitalized oh All my god every single one sorry i should be laughing but that is <laughs> i know nuts. it's like it's like actually quite sad i think the whole thing's sad because it's like to me i'm like on some level these extended family is like unintended victims right you know 100%. um but it's like ridiculous at the same time um, well that's honestly so terrifying that it knocked out 27 people yes. when it was supposed to be given to just one human. Right. Like, she must have used the whole goddamn poison bag. Yeah. That yeah. Like, gave she her. was like, we want to make him 20 times dead over. Yeah. I want to make sure he cannot come back and haunt me. Yeah, literally. Even his die soul, after death. His ghost is dead. Like, everything is dead. <laughs> god okay oh man okay so yeah everything just goes for the worst <laughs> i'm not saying that amjad dying w is the is not the worst thing but in some ways i'm like that would have been like the most ideal outcome of course and, and i'm assuming anyway. he also ate this yes and he did. she did no 
Okay. That's not she suspicious not. at all. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So here oh we go. Sorry. So they all lose consciousness and are hospitalized. It is reported that eight people out of 27 die pretty immediately on that Thursday. Like on the within the 24 hours, they die not too long after consuming the drinks. Mm-hmm. And then over the week, over the sp- expanse of the week, the death toll continues to rise. Wow. And so because they live in the rural area, the victims are first seen, they're first seen to by a Hakim, which is a traditional doctor within the community. Oh, very cool. It's immediately clear that they need more than traditional remedies because mm-hmm. eight people have died <laughs> yeah. um, and more are about to die and all are transported to to a hospital in the city of Multan. Okay. Of the 27 who were hospitalized, 17 total people died. Wow. Including young children under the <gasps> age of 15 oh and Asya's husband, Amjad. So he does die as well okay so, so she's successful <laughs> but there's a lot of collateral damage dude, dude it's like when you're trying to hit the target but you just hit it so off the mark but you're like nailed it <laughs> so it's like i'm i guess i am laughing because it's tragic <laughs> i mean what Anyways. are you supposed to do with the, what are you supposed to do in this scenario yeah. like you, there's nothing to do but like make light of it because it's so absolutely horrifying yeah that's really it's a sh- it's shitty like all of it's shitty though like it's like, so bad like it's, it's shitty in the the forced marriage aspect of it yeah. it's shitty that it led her to this and it's shitty that like children and other innocent people die i don't just, yeah whatever <laughs> I just, my interest has peaked phenomenally about what the heck this poison is though for oh. sure okay okay yeah, I might have just been a very good storyteller. <laughs> I, you are, Megan. You, of course, you it, are. I still find it interesting. I um, it's a poison that we have already talked about in oh. some ways. In some ways, okay. so okay. it'll be it'll be interesting to discuss further. Sure. Okay, so to continue on with the story, so none of Amjad's side of the family, once once you know people are clearly sick, once people are dying, none of his side of the family actually report to the police. They oh. they just don't think about it because they're right. probably just like in panic of like oh my god we're all going to the hospital they don't initially suspect anything they don't think asya is involved they just think like we're all sick it's the police who actually begin their own little private investigation simply because so many bodies were turning up at the local hospital and they're like that's uncommon like yeah. and they're all from the same gathering or family like something's weird here we got to check it out mm-hmm. they Note, they do n- notice Asya at the hospital at one point because they're doing like interviews. Do you know how police interview at the hospital yeah. sometimes or whatever? They note that Asya seems very calm and uninterested in her <laughs> husband's health, despite the fact that he's in critical condition. And so they're like, that seems interesting. And then um, I think they interview like a surviving witness or somebody who noted that Asya was the only one to have not drunken the lassi at the gathering. Girl, fake it. Do something. Yeah. The police detain Asya, who ends up implicating both her boyfriend Shahid and her <laughs> aunt um, by the name of Zarina Begum, who mm-hmm. would actually arrange for Asya and Shahid to meet privately at her house oh. and was aware of the plot. So oh, in my head, no. I'm like, poor auntie. I like, know. she's the one who, like, really tried to help out. But, like, uh, Asya, you're now she's messing up in trouble. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so at first, Asya denies the allegations and says that what she did was under Shahid's instructions. So she actually kind of throws Shahid under the bus oh a little. <laughs> She's like, he gave me the poison and told me to mix it into my husband's drink. And then he proposed to me and I said no. Like, that's her initial statements to the police hmm. uh, or to the press. And then she later confesses, like, well, Shahid, that's when Shahid's kind of pulled in. And he does admit, like, yes, I gave Asya the poison. But then later questioning Asya does fully admit that her intent was to kill her husband and she does express like a lot of remorse over the unintended deaths of the other family members okay they are Asya and Shahid I don't really know what happens with the auntie I don't think the press really cared about her after a certain point so I don't see her name pop up anymore but Mm -hmm. Asya and Shahid are both tried within the anti-terrorism courts which is a very interesting thing that happens in Pakistan the police deemed their crime as something that would fall under Pakistan's anti-terror law a police interviewed by the BBC explained that they include this clause primarily to deter the local people from committing such crimes. Such clauses are usually struck out by the courts later on. I did look into this a little bit because I was curious as to like, why, yeah. what would what would a crime like this have anything to do with anti-terror right. like, in Pakistan? And there was a pretty hefty informational packet, like PDF online, by the Justice Project Pakistan, um, the JPP, that mm-hmm. talked about the, I guess in their opinion, the absurdity of Pakistan's anti-terrorism act, which was created Mm -hmm. in 1997. But long story short, this act, the language is so vague in in defining terrorism that police and the government, I guess, historically have used it to not acquit, but to convict, uh, convict. Yeah. Yeah. Like to, to prosecute. prosecute yeah <laughs> whatever the word is to like detain to yeah. to accuse someone of a crime they they use it pretty liberally on mm. like people who really have nothing to do with terrorism as, right right as a honestly like a normal person would define mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. um and so like a lot of people who might who might have just had like a money dispute with a partner or something and ended up killing their partner out of anger that would be listed under like an anti-terrorism lot like that would the police could use like be like oh because it involved money which again is in like this vague definition of this act they're like oh because it involved money we're going to charge you under the anti-terrorism act so a bunch of like people who really have nothing to do with terrorist organizations are charged under this act and like uh basically i think it's becoming a problem in pakistan i bet i don't know the specifics as to like why is that like why is that a Mm -hmm. problem but like i kind of get the idea yeah, because I think it's like you're getting that's you're being charged as like a terrorist or something, and it's like, right. but you're not. Right. So anyway, that's a pretty hefty charge for some yeah. of these more more considered petty crimes. Yeah. Right. Right. But she and Shahid are tried under this legislation. A year later, in November, like a whole year later, like so mm-hmm. she's detained for like a whole year, and that's when like they're figuring out the trial and stuff. But in November of 2018, Asya and Shahid sentenced to. 15 life terms and are each fined 3 million rupees, which at the time in 2018 was the equivalent of $23,000 each. It is now the equivalent of $40,000 and 481 cents. And that always intrigues me because I know that happens here in the States where like someone will be fined an absurd amount of money that I'm like, they're clearly never going to be able to pay that back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I never understood 
why they're even why they do that, that yeah. when they're clearly mm-hmm. just going to die in prison anyway. <laughs> right. So Poison, Poison Pals, if you know the answer to that, to that question, like what's the purpose of being fined like that? If it's not going to be paid, mm-hmm. let me know. <laughs> let me yeah, know. I'm, I don't know that either. I'd be so curious <laughs> if anyone knows. Yeah. All right. So that's Asya's story. What was the poison used in the milk? I hope this doesn't underwhelm you, Harini, but it just might. <laughs> okay. It's rat poison. It was rat really? poison. Really? Yes. And I wasn't able to find any sources that narrowed down mm-hmm. what type of rodenticide it was, mm-hmm. but I did find an article from the Washington Post in 2016 that actually talks about Pakistan's giant rat epidemic that was happening <laughs> okay. um, to a point where, like, okay, as we know, Southeast Asian cultures, they get a little bit exaggerative sometimes when they storytell, but people were like, this rat is as big as a cat. And it started to build conspiracy theories around rats were killing babies and stuff like that. Oh my God. And on on some level, rats were, I think there was an instance where a baby did die, but it's because it had like infection from rat bites. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so this article did talk about like there is a huge rat epidemic in Pakistan at the time, like a year prior to this poisoning. And because it was so bad, the government actually gave citizens lots of free rodenticide. And so in my head, I'm like, it would be easy for anyone to just have rat poison on hand. So it makes sense Mm -hmm. why Shahid was like, "Uh, here we go. Just (laughs) just do some rat poison. That being said, the only toxin we've talked about that's heavily featured in rat poison is strychnine. That was Mm -hmm. the chocolate cream story. Mm -hmm. What I've learned since just looking up rodenticides in general is that not all of them have strychnine, but mm-hmm. some of them do, and it's mixed with other toxins. And not all, like, there are rodenticides that have different super lethal things in it for humans, but I'm not going to go into each, yeah, yeah. each every single one. What I found what was really interesting about rodenticides is that there's one of the most common types, very generally put, like the mechanism of how rodenticide works is that it's an anticoagulant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. Did you yeah, know that? Yeah, yeah. I did not yeah. know that. <laughs> it's also something that we use in humans. It's warfarin. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what I found interesting is that it's made as an anticoagulant because rodents in general are known to be poison shy or they have this thing called mm-hmm. poison shyness. Do you know anything about that? that? No. Nothing. Okay. So poison shyness is an evolutionary ability that animals i don't know eventually evolve into where i'll use the example of rats because that's what we're talking about like rodents in general some of them don't have a vomit mechanism so for for animals that do have vomit mechanisms if we eat something toxic or poisonous we Mm -hmm. can vomit it up and be okay right but because rodents don't have that Uh they've evolved to develop this poison shyness which Mm -hmm. is they literally will sample something very minutely and they will wait. They're smart enough wow. to wait and see if anything happens. And if they feel any sort of negative effects, they immediately learn, okay, that's not food. We're not going to eat that. Interesting. And so so what's interesting is that I think I've always seen rats as like, oh, they'll consume anything, right? Like I was yeah. like, they're not picky. They will eat. It's true. Rats and mice and whatever, they're not picky, but they are smart. And mm-hmm. because they are not picky and will literally eat anything, that's why they're so selective when they sample these small things because they're like okay i know i'll literally eat a piece of cardboard but because i'm so open to eating cardboard i should take a little bit first so that i don't die and see you know like wow or if i'm if i'm a rat and i'm 
eating something that I've never had before, I need to make sure like, okay, is this poisonous to me first? Let me wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we'll see. So that's what uh, poison shyness that's is. That's so cool. Yeah. And so what's, mm-hmm. so what I found was so cool about these rat poisons and how they're anticoagulants mm-hmm. is that the benefit of having a rat poison as an anticoagulant is that it's slow acting. So mm-hmm. if a rat is to eat an anticoagulant trap or something, they're going to nibble a little bit and wait and see, but mm-hmm. nothing happens. Like nothing yeah. happens within a day's time. Mm-hmm. So they don't learn that thing of like, oh, this is toxic to me. So then they keep eating it. That's and right. that's why it's so impactful and so effective yep. on killing rats, which I thought was like mind blowing. <laughs> mind blowing. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. I think mechanisms like that and the way that science figures itself out by scientists is very cool because if I'm correct in my thinking, most rodenticides that are anticoagulants are a derivative of, or if not just actually warfarin, which is one of the most popular blood thinners or anticoagulants that people use on a daily basis in medicine. And the biggest thing that we learn as pharmacists is that it takes a few days for warfarin to work. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it takes like, like at least two to three days, typically like three days for it to actually show in your blood levels that it's working, mm-hmm. right? And that's when you right. test um, for right. your blood clotting factors and things like that. Yeah. So totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. But that is wild to me. I just want to know how much she had put now in that carton of milk because killed so many people like i get it yeah, like yeah yeah maybe one person maybe two but 20 i know not all 27 people mm-hmm. died but it was enough to knock everyone out and kill mm-hmm. 17 out of those 27 people that is right. a huge number from just yeah. this blood thinner essentially yeah so that's a that's a pretty significant like Honestly, I was thinking like to be in Ostia's shoes and to be like, I meant to kill one person and now I've <laughs> killed 17. Like that's significant to just yeah. go, wow, I've, I've murdered 17 people. I, yeah. So unfortunately, these are the answers that I don't have just because mm-hmm. the reporting was so limited, but we don't know what specific, you know, rodenticide was she using Right. And what is the actual toxin in the uh, rodenticide? I mentioned all the anticoagulant stuff because I just thought that was a fun fact. But mm-hmm. I think that would not necessarily impact humans the way it does rats. Like it would have to be whatever else is in that rat yeah. poison that's really causing it. Yeah. Um, typically rat poisons, the toxins that are lethal to humans in it, they impact ion channels. So whatever was in it is impacting your ion channels either it's closing a gate or Mm -hmm. opening it and both would be negative because there needs to be balance balance in your system so yeah it's like i i I don't know what toxin and i don't know how much the dose was that's those are the questions unknown must have been enough of something pretty pretty lethal sure and also like this story plus reading more on rat poisons and how there is you know probably a couple decades back now, at least in the U.S., legislation has passed to be like, okay, we shouldn't use this type of toxin in a rat poison because like it's killing animals that we don't intend to kill, mm-hmm. you know, besides mm-hmm. rats. Uh, where was I going with that? Oh, but it, uh, what I was going to say is it makes me think like, I think rat poisons need to cease and desist on some <laughs> level. I don't think that they are any good because I do feel like they pop up quite commonly in some of our stories just in term of in terms of like i feel like it's probably one of the most common ways people do 
oh yeah get sick yeah, or yeah. Un- accidentally sick like a For toddler sure. getting into rat poison mm-hmm. or um i even looked up pakistan suicide rates or suicide method methodology a lot of it was reliant on like rat poison you know what i mean That's and i'm just nuts. like i just think it's it's so easily accessible that i'm like I don't know how I feel about rat poison <laughs> as a whole. Yeah, and also I think that was a bad like I understand the public health motive behind why they supplied everybody with rat poison because of such a huge issue. But what they should have done is just hired more manpower that if you had an issue of rat infestation in your home, you were able to call someone that would come directly to your home and do it for you professionally and then leave with the rat poison at the end of the day, you know, because that's just like an open invitation to all of these other issues that you were talking about, like suicide rates and poisonings and murders. And because that's definitely like, I know a lot of true crime stories that involve rat poison in the murder, like is the act of weapon Mm -hmm. of choice, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. And I almost wonder you know i totally believe everything happens for a reason and i just wonder if it was just meant to happen this way for her to just see all these people die because my the thinking behind that is let's say everything went correctly for Mm -hmm. her where Mm -hmm. only her husband died Mm -hmm. she would have no idea how strong whatever she had just given this person is because mm-hmm. one person dies he's gonna have a horrible death of course because of how much she whatever she put in there was but she'll yeah. never know the extent of it because if he just dies that's just one person but now that right. everyone got it around her she could see the weight of her actions playing yeah. out in front of her eyes right <laughs> and i can't imagine that like every like because tw- it's 27 people which means there's hypothetically twev- 27 different glasses of Lassie. And so like, I don't think they're like full ass pitchers each, right? Like they're little cups. No, I, I am imagining they're probably little cups of Lassie. And I'm sure some, maybe the people who died immediately had more than others, but it's like, it is, it is kind of mind blowing that like this one carton of milk distributed out to 27 people was so effective. Impactful. And you know what, Megan, yeah. that now that you're just talking about that, it came to my mind. She had to make, Lussie's for 27 people and butter there is mm-hmm. no way that it all came from one carton of milk there must mm. have been regular milk added into that for you know either the butter or the Lussie's or both so that mm-hmm. means there's a high chance that this poison was even diluted with just regular mm-hmm. non-poison milk and even then it had that right. kind of effect which is right. really really scary yeah that's pretty scary so who knows? Maybe this was a like a strychnine heavy. I think rat so. Poison. Yeah, I think so for sure. We're solving the so, case. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just based on assumptions, <laughs> what we know, educated guesses, educated based guesses. on one three hours of one research from an episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so that's the story. That Lovely. is the story of the Malawat poisoning of 2017. Wow, um, in Pakistan. Dude, when you said it went sideways, it seriously went sideways. (laughs) Yeah. You were not kidding. I thought I had heard about that story and I did not. So this was a new one for me and a recent one too. So, And I think the reason why it made a little bit of an international wave is because like we have to remind ourselves like unless if you haven't like felt it from our tones yet, 17 is a big number. Like if we think about 
mm-hmm. previous mass shootings in the U.S., if there was a mass shooting of 17 people, that is huge. That's a lot oh, of people. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of lives. Especially and with so, children involved, which there were mm-hmm. in this scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's also fascinating is, like, there's some live... There's... um, You see the interviews of Asya, and, like, it, sh- it shows... It's, like, video of her speaking live and, like, giving her, like, thoughts or whatever when people ask her questions. But, yeah. like, it's clear that in the immediate aftermath... She's still very hung up on she was just so focused on getting out of the marriage and getting away from Mm -hmm. her husband. Like you Mm -hmm. can tell that there's no. Yeah, she's remorseful, but you can tell there's no connection really with the idea that like, oh, wow, I just killed 16 other people. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like a weird disconnect that you get from her. Interesting. Um, like one of those things where it's like, I don't entirely blame her, but it's unfortunate that, you know, all these people died as a result of this system that she's in so yeah that's, that's nice. my story that's so <laughs> i that was a good one megan and i'm sorry Thanks. i was laughing because i just looked at myself in the video I see. Like, I <laughs> let me take a screenshot maybe we can put uh, this on um we can put this on the it does look like Instagram. i'm wearing a little like birthday hat <laughs> yeah i was looking at t- i was gonna say it if you didn't say it i was like you got a little hat on your head <laughs> uh, Good job, Megan. Thank I you. like this one. I had to. I think I probably enjoyed the story a little more than I probably should have, but it was a good one. Definitely giggle, giggle fitting. I did lot. giggle a lot. I I think it was just so ridiculous that I was like, oh god, this is going so bad so fast. Anyways, right. okay. So antidotes. Mm-hmm. Antidote for me this week is, I think my work i really enjoying work i'm slowly getting bigger and bigger tasks to do and i feel comfortable doing them i think that's i know that sounds really small but i feel like mm-hmm. i'm always grateful when everyone is just there willing to help you and wants mm-hmm. you to succeed so i have a really good group of people around me um for my first very first job so just happy just happy for the support and the good vibes honestly good. at my work good that's <laughs> awesome yeah, that's, that's so good to hear mm-hmm. yeah yeah wait how many weeks in now is it actually i just did one just it's just a little over one month now yeah i started july nice. 1st yeah so feeling like um so you're settling in like definitely the swing of things definitely getting to, in the swing of things and i was just telling megan because things are going a little haywire with COVID and Delta variant. We're not sure like what things, what's going to happen in the future. I just had a discussion with my manager and I'll be staying in San Diego until the new year. Um, Cause wow. I was supposed to go up to the Bay, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen anymore since we're not going in person most likely. So I'm yeah. going to be down here for a little bit. Hopefully Megan's Yay. around too. We may, we may be. or may not know. Oh, you will be. Okay. I, I mean, I mean, okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah, we may or may not know. Yeah, I will yeah. not be here for September for sure. Yes. But uh, hopefully after that, I can linger. Yeah. Around. That'll be fun. Yeah. My antidote is. I. <laughs> this is so lame. What? But I love it every time it happens. My okay. antidote is that um, one of my cats, Jade, mm-hmm. she knew I was feeling kind of. Okay. Uh, who knows if she knows she, would, <laughs> she okay. knows let me go back let me go back okay i was feeling a little sick today i wasn't feeling good i just felt very lethargic and crummy and my stomach was upset all that stuff mm-hmm. and i was laying in bed in my head i was like i really wish one of my cats could Aww. come snuggle with me 
And I knew in my head, like, if it's going to be one of my cats, it's going to be Jade. LT's yeah. like, he's going to be out all day. He yeah. won't come in until, like, nighttime. So I was like, maybe Jade will come through, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, she comes through at some point. I'm lying in my bed. And she, like, comes and lies right on my stomach, oh, right no, where I'm feeling doesn't. uncomfortable. She just rests her head, and I'm like, this is heaven. Oh, my gosh. That <laughs> it was really so sweet. Because typically, like, we do, okay, Jade and I do nap together Aww. a lot. Like, we have the same schedule, <laughs> and it's really cute, and it's fun, and I love snuggling with her. Aww. But she'll always kind of lie off to the side mm-hmm. or, like, lie with some distance between us. Sure. Because, like, you know, she needs her space. Yeah. <laughs> but this was the first time she really, like, she, like, climbed on top. Mm-hmm. And she like just was like, this is the spot right here. Not on the side, Gosh. not anywhere else, right on top. Dude, she like, knew. Oh. I think she knew. She's sitting she next to me right oh now. Oh my gosh, she freaking yeah. knows. She sits. Either that or she's just so needy. But I want to think that she knows. <laughs> she she definitely knows. And yeah. my question to you is, does LT ever snuggle with you? Um, last night he was snuggly, oh my uh, gosh. but it's short lived. It's okay. short lived. He does kind of like a drop in snuggle. He'll like, <laughs> he'll, he always climbs on me no matter what. He will climb oh. on me and like sit on my chest and just like Aww. sit there and purr and purr. But then he'll so be like, cute. all right, gotta go. It's like a max of five minutes. <laughs> what a nice, boy. It's like really nice. Yeah. yeah. Such a guy. It's just like a, just a little check in of like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Give me some pets. All right, I'm good. Let's go. Let's let's. I like no that. more. Be yeah. brief, be gone. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was something that we had to learn this week. It'd be brief, really? be bright, be gone. Is is be, one of the quotes that we learned. I love that. <laughs> I'm like, man, if we ever make merch, it'll just be be brief, be gone on a <laughs> mug or something. Like. I like that. I like that Not, a lot. Take out the be bright. Just no, just, no. Just be brief and be gone. We don't got time. <laughs> That is so funny. It really anyway. resonated with me. <laughs> but anyways. Don't have okay. no time for non-concise people mm, in your life. Oh, girl, yeah. you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Tell me about it. Anyways. Alrighty. Another episode in the books, guys. If you like this nonsense, yeah. please rate and review. We always appreciate it. Even if it's... I was going to say, even if it's not a good review... No, I take that back. Tear, just give us tear feedback. us up. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm like all consenting. Just, just, just rip beat us, us apart. Yeah. <laughs> no, we appreciate any and all feedback. We always like hear from you guys. And if you want to email us and just chitty chat or just give us a okay. suggestion because we could use some suggestions sometimes, just send yeah. us an email. But, anyways, that's it. Goodbye. All right. Wait. Oh, oh, sorry. I want to exit. Hold on. Haridi's really applying the be brief, be gone sentence. I know. I was like, wait, how do we end this? Um, Okay. So, Megan, Mm -hmm. take us out of this episode. (laughs) Don't risk it for that lossy biscuit. Yes. I was hoping you would say that. Unless it's for my wedding because we will have safe lossies for everybody. Okay. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Bye.